You arrive at work one morning and your boss hands you the Employee of the Year Award and with it a number of valuable perks. You didn't see that coming. You arrive home one evening and your partner sits you down to an exquisite three-course meal before asking you to marry them. You didn't see that coming. You are packing your bags for your holiday when a message appears on your mobile telling you your work colleagues have paid for you to stay on there for an extra week. You didn't see that coming. You are planning for it to be a quiet drink with a few friends, but suddenly all your friends and family appear and they've pulled out all the stops in celebration of your birthday. You didn't see that coming. These are all ways in which family, friends and work colleagues have exceeded what is strictly necessary and gone the extra mile in showing their love and appreciation for you. These are not things that you were expecting or could in any way feel entitled to, and yet, and yet here they are. These have been lavished upon you. Lavished upon you. Look there at our reading from 1 John. In chapter 3, verse 1, John writes, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. Out of his heart towards us, God the Father has dealt lavishly with us. He has thrown caution to the wind in terms of what is strictly necessary. He has moved way beyond the bounds of expectation and entitlement. He has lavished upon us the status of children of God. You and I certainly didn't see that coming. The Father could not have dealt more lavishly with us than in this. As children of God... He brings us to stand where his own son stands within his life. We are brought in on the same love that the Father has for Jesus Christ. All that is Jesus's is now ours also. Verse 1, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Children of God. That is what we are, says John. And this is what he wants us to take to heart. Of course, it takes quite some time for our our minds and hearts to catch up with this new reality, to make sense of this new situation we find ourselves in. This is made all the more challenging because in the day-to-day, much goes on the same as it always did. When you walk back into your workplace this afternoon, 
your colleagues are not going to say, there's Joe, a child of God, a prince of heaven. Your new status has not yet been made public with all the appropriate ceremony and fanfare. No, today, to all eyes, you remain just Joe going about the usual. These past weeks, many eyes have been upon our royal family. We've been witnessing the obviously painful process by which the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan, have been trying to extricate themselves from serving within the monarchy. They no longer want to be tied into the roles and responsibilities that come with being royal personages. But whatever life Harry and Meghan settle into, their royal heritage will always be instantly recognisable. There's a reverse parallel here for those who are children of God, albeit of a higher order. Those who are children of God are royal, not by birth, but by adoption. They are royalty of the highest order, brought into the family of him who is the King of Heaven. This brings with it roles and responsibilities. Roles and responsibilities that will take a while to get comfortable with. Whenever we put on a new set of clothes, it takes us a while to feel comfortable in them. Whenever we come into a situation that's totally new, it can take us a while for us to no longer feel the outsider. And all along, others may be questioning the legitimacy of our being there. But children of God, how can we know for ourselves that we are? How will our claims stand up in the face of scrutiny? Look there at the second part of verse 2. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. We can know that we are children of God as we start to display the family likeness. When Christ appears on that great day, the likeness will be uncanny. We will love and live even as Christ loves and lives. That's the goal that the whole of our being has now been reoriented towards. So, if we are children of God, something of the family likeness will already be starting to rub off on us and showing itself forth in the way we live. In verse 10 here, John speaks of this as God's seed. God's seed within us. This likeness then 
it begins to show forth in two particular ways. Firstly, we become those who do what is right. We become those who do what is right. There's an unmistakable shift in our lives away from doing what is wrong. Now, few of us would concede that we live our lives doing wrong. In any case, who is in any position to tell another person that what they are doing is wrong? What I consider to be wrong, you may well consider to be right, and vice versa. But here's what changes for the child of God. No longer do I determine for myself what is right. No longer do I look to the next person to determine what is right. Instead, I look to God and let him determine what is right. Verse 6. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. We will no longer keep on sinning or continue to sin. Is that the description of a person who who always does what is right and never does what is wrong? No. Reading it that way would be nonsense in the light of what John has already said back at the outset of this letter. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This keeping on sinning and continuing to sin refers not to our individual actions but to our way of life. For the child of God... There has been a radical interruption to their way of life. No longer are they inclined towards doing what is wrong, but now their lives are inclined towards doing what is right. Our our basic disposition in life is towards doing what is right in the eyes of God. And that continues to be our disposition despite and even in spite of our falling short along the way. If this is us, if this is us, then children of God is what we are. Secondly, we become those who love one another. We become those who who love one another. There's an unmistakable shift in our lives away from hatred and apathy. If the children of God are those who do right by God, then the children of God are also those who do right by one another. That's what is meant by love one another. Here's what changes for a child of God. No longer am I concerned only with what is right for me. I am now just as concerned with what is right 
for my brother and sister and am am moved to willingly make sacrifices for them. Verse 19. This verse, well, it perhaps better reads, This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we must persuade our hearts in the presence of God. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. It remains a battle to do right by anyone else above and before ourselves. The default mode of the human heart is self-preservation. It objects to legitimate calls upon our generosity. It will often condemn us if we attempt to give self-sacrificially. There is a meanness to human hearts that is not found in God's own heart. For the child of God, there has been a, a radical interruption to that way of life. No longer are our hearts inclined towards doing only what is right by ourselves, but now our hearts are inclined towards doing what is right by others. That takes some persuasion and ongoing persuading. Yet our basic disposition in life remains towards loving one another, despite and in spite of our falling along the way. If this is us, then children of God is what we are. Becoming those who do what is right and who love one another This is the outworking, the overflowing even, of that great love that the Father has lavished upon us. These are the traits of those who are children of God. If you like, this is the legitimacy test for God's family. All sorts of questions get raised in our human families when one member or another fails to display the family likeness. However subtle, that likeness needs to be there. If you're only displaying totally contrary traits, whose child are you, really? Doing what is right, loving one another, Oh, how much we all still have to grow until that day when Christ appears and we will be like him. Today, it may be for you as a seed that has just been planted. None of its growth, none of its fruit having broken the surface. But be assured, if it is God's seed, It will produce 
the growth. The true child of God will start to display the family likeness. For the most part, the world won't recognize us. But one day, when Joe returns to his office, someone will notice. Someone will notice how he goes about the usual in the most unusual way. It's seldom ever more than a glimpse, but it still serves to tell others who we truly are. Children of God. Amen.